0: This is PC Courtney with Saber Die Podcast. Welcome to the Crusader Podcast, a show about the Castles and Crusades role playing game. Abracadabra, the die is cast.
1: Here we are, Crusaders, for the 17th episode of the Crusader Podcast. We got a full house tonight. Our good friend Chuck Combo has decided to come on to the podcast to talk to us about playing CNC remotely in this time that we're living in right now. It's harder for some people to get together to play games. Um, so, Chuck, welcome to the Crusader Podcast.
2: Thank you so much. I appreciate that, Jesse. Wait, that's not my real voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a world. <laughs> exactly. In a world of podcasts, there's only one Crusader Podcast.
1: <laughs> Man, we should just have him do all the intros now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well we've got oh, that recorded funny. now, so we can just stick him on whenever we want. <laughs>
2: there we go. Uh, oh mercy. Well, yeah, it could work. I do it I get accused all the time of my streams of using voice changers. It's funny.
1: All right. So real quick, let's just go over what we've been doing recently in, in gaming. I know it's been weird. Um I've been playing I've played online actually, a couple times since this whole thing started. Um just twice, had some other life things going on, so haven't got a chance to do as much gaming as I'd like to. What about everybody else?
0: Well, our local group's been meeting online a few times as well, so yeah, we have not done any face-to-face gaming since the pandemic stuff started.
2: Yeah, I I, um, I have some regular games I run every week anyway, but uh, honestly, since this happened, we've had, I've been in f- two virtual cons we've had on the channel and we're getting ready to have another one in the discord channel, but, uh, from, Con Ch- uh, of champions. So that's been kind of crazy, you know, and my own real life group, the guys I grew up with when I started playing back when, you know, 77, we've finally got to the point where everybody's kids are about grown now. So we started playing pretty regularly about a year and a half ago over at the house. And of course, I always, we would use like, you know, fantasy grounds or I used to use world 20, but now I use Fantasy grounds. Regardless, we use it to like kind of show like, you know, for the visuals, right. You know, we still do pen and paper and all that. Well, the virus comes along and I'm like, you know, guys, what do you want to do? And they said, well, we want to go ahead and try to learn that if you want to try and teach us. And I said, sure. And then we're talking about a bunch of Luddites here that do not do any technology. So I teach them how to do it. And we play, we played once or twice a month. Okay. Now we have two games every week. They went insane. They will not <laughs> stop playing. It's they won't leave me alone. It's like they was, they're like a, they're addicted to being able to go play anytime they want. Now they don't have to drive to my three miles to my house or whatever. So it's been a little busy for me as far as gaming goes. I have to say it's I've been blessed in that sector. It's been good.
3: Well, I've uh, decided during this time of social distancing, it's the perfect time to start LARPing uh me and my kids are stuck at home all day every day and so we took a couple of of nerf foam swords and they started beating the crap out of me with them and it's been immensely fun like despite uh uh the bruises and the and the bludgeons it's still a a lot of uh, great fun and uh they get so immersed in it that I can round the corner and put on a wizard hat and come back, and they're like, "It's the wizard!" And they're so excited to see the wizard. And it's just me in a hat. <laughs> yeah. No,
2: that's, that's awesome, man. That's really good. That's good stuff.
3: So, are you going to start running that at
1: cons? Kind of beat the crap out of Carl for four to six players. <laughs>
2: you, you know, oh, that would be fun. People would probably line <laughs> up laugh for that. Oh yeah,
0: because she could have a, a little, you know covered area next to the table and get right. up, go behind the screen, put on a hat, jump out. Ha ha. <laughs>
2: you know, I think it could be a seriously, you could consider this for crowdfunding. I think about it. You could make some money doing this. People would line up around the block to beat him down. It'd I'd be amazing. Sure that,
1: uh, they didn't bring their own weaponry. You provided.
2: Them. Right. <laughs> you could call it not true dungeon. You know, that would be
1: cool. Yeah. So Chuck, um, I guess one of the first things that comes to my mind is is what sort of programs uh, do you know about that you can play CNC online with? I've done it over Discord a little bit. Um, and my one friend is running a game on uh, WebEx now. So that's pretty neat. But I, mm-hmm. I will admit that yeah. online gaming kind of intimidates me. <laughs> uh,
2: not very good well, at it. I mean... At the end of the day, it's like any other game. If you're having fun, you're, you're doing great. That's all that matters. You know, you just got to keep that in the back of your mind. Um, but, you know, I've done it many different ways. Uh, when I first originally started doing online gaming, uh, back before d d Next, uh, I was, you know, a CNC player. And uh, I hadn't played Dungeons & Dragons since 3.0 uh, when I kind of I left it for various reasons. And, uh, just my gaming kind of slowed down. I had a career, I was living out in out West and, you know, things like that. So anyway, a a point came to where I ran out of people to play with, you know, I was living out in Seattle and I was part of this uh, local community group. They had a a huge house. There must've been the downstairs was a really long home. It, It was almost like a, I wouldn't say it's a church, but it was a square long building. And uh, they had a lower level with nothing but wargaming tables. And then they had a middle level with rooms with tables in them and whiteboards. And then an upper level with tables and whiteboards. And then they had a kitchen. You paid five bucks a month. And gosh, there must have been a couple hundred people gaming out there. It was wonderful. And then when I moved back here, back to Tennessee, I didn't have anybody to play with anymore because everybody was too busy working and having babies. So I started looking online. I came across Fantasy Grounds and I tried it out and... I didn't really know how to find anybody, you know, so I kind of gave up. And then a few years later, um, uh, Roll20 came out and I tried it for a little bit and couldn't find anybody to play with, you know. And they were both, they're real, both those programs are very oppositional to each other. Uh, they're both very good, but they have totally different philosophies. And that's what you have to kind of learn when you, when you approach you to one of them. A lot of people will, will, will fight over each type, but it's really not about that. It's about understanding where that that software program is coming from. If you can understand that, then it's all easy. Anyway, so I finally went back to fancy grounds and I started renting it and I started playing CNC and uh, I took a little break from CNC and tried out 5e for about eight years. and then um, for various reasons that I don't want I probably shouldn't get into I, I decided I want to go back to old school. And so I returned to CNC. Um, So, you know, if you're going to play online with CNC, there are are, uh, several different ways that I do it. One is I use a VTT program like Fantasy Grounds. Uh, There's some other ones out there. Um, Roll20 does not have any official CNC content. Um, I guess I can say this now. I signed an agreement with them several months ago, and we're getting ready to release our first compendium on there. And stuff will start rolling out on there in the next few months. I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, so there will be CNC on there. It's going to be supported by the company, um, but we also have CNC on Fantasy Grounds, which there again, long story short, we've had stuff on there. Gosh, since that company was owned by some guys in Finland, but none of it's ever really been done, uh, put on there, and updated uh, appropriately. And that was one of the things that kind of led me to working with uh, the Troll Lords, was because I was really after them to try to, to try to change the VTT um, presence for CNC. And, uh, they didn't, they, Stephen Tim and them, you know, Davis, they're not They're They're guys that live in Arkansas and print books. They don't really do technology. So, you know, it took a while and over our friendship over the years, they finally, I finally got to listen to me. And now that I'm working for them, that's one of my major projects. We're getting ready to overhaul every single item on fantasy grounds, have them all redone, updated. We're going to create new rule sets. Everything's going to be completely redone and, and remarketed. Pretty excited about that, by the way. But anyway, um, so those are two things you can do. You don't even have to do that. When I ran GaryCon, when we did Virtual GaryCon, one of my games, I didn't even have Fantasy Grounds in, uh, loaded up. We just played in Discord. Uh, we did the honor system. Steve does that a lot, too. You know, when he runs games online, we'll just do the honor system with rolling dice and make sure everybody's got pregens, a link to some PDFs, you know, or something like that, and just make it easy peasy, you know, no big deal. It's more important that you play the game and have fun. Anyway, I didn't mean to go on. That was a long paragraph there, but uh, that was kind of my thought process.
3: Hey, but it was all good stuff. I'm very excited to hear about the the new avenues that uh, Troll Lords are going with online play. Uh, and, and my no. only experience with online play is similar to what you said at the end there, just through voice chat. And uh, you kind of have to just accept that you're going to have the limitations you would as if you were you know, playing on a long car ride. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of stuck with what you have and you just kind of got to use that uh, the way you would um, to get the experience you need. And it's still totally a fun experience.
2: And, you know, people come into discord all the time talking about, you know, we have a lot of people that play our game that have been around a long time and, you know, they're not really into the whole technology thing, but they've had to learn, at least with social distancing, distancing to learn how to use, um, you know, chat programs and there's a lot of ways to do it. You know, um, I had a guy the other day talk to me because I, we provide private rooms for people. If they want to run campaigns in a discord, you know, we provide everything they need. They have a text chat room and a, and a voice channel and it's all private just for their members. Just cause that's something I wanted to do, you know, and then this was before the, the whole virus thing, but it's worked out really well. We've got, gosh, I don't even know. I can look over now. We've got about 12 or 15 rooms in there right now. It's really grown, but, uh, uh, you know, I tell people, you know, you can, you can do it as easy as you want to old school. You don't have to have anything, you know, you can post images in discord. You know, if you're in Skype, you can drop them in Skype chat if you're in zoom. So you can drop images if you need them, you know, um, we even have a dice roller in discord that you can use. If you want to use that, you just type a command. It rolls a dice. If you, if you want it, if you need to do that, or if your friends have got dice, you just do the honor system. Um, but honestly, guys, you can do, I mean, uh, you can do some amazing stuff if you want to spend the time in it. It is not required. You can do it as simple as you want. Like you said, right in the back seat of a car or in my games, I run visuals. I run, um, I use colors for mood. I run sounds. I run music. Um, I do as much immersion as I possibly can because I like it <laughs> and the players like it. You know, it's good. And we do it. We do it different ways. I have a link, uh, website I go to that they can link into to hear all the sounds, or if we're in Discord, I can drop a bot in there that plays the sounds continuously and they can control the sound so it's not too loud. Um, and then in, in these in these VTTs, especially in Fantasy Grounds, I can control the color, the background color. Like if they enter a dungeon, I can actually give the sort of the uh, ambience of a dungeon not only with what you hear, but what you see. And that's without putting up any kind of images at all. Then you add images to it well, you know, you're really taking it off there. It really gets crazy then. So it can be fun, you know, uh, and it's good too if you're, I do a lot of streaming, live streaming. So people watching like to see that too. That's good good entertainment, you know.
0: So you mentioned that you taught, you know, some of your original gaming group, you know, their face-to-face players, how to do, you know, online gaming. And before then, they really had no experience. Um, so... What would you say are the most important things for someone who has never played on an online platform to know before going in?
2: The number one thing that as a GM or whoever is bringing them in, even if it's another player or the players, number one of the list is patience. Because i tell you what, it is going to get food. I promise you, it will get food. Someone, you could have five guys getting it all right. One guy, it's not going to work. His sound's not working or he don't see this. So you've got to have patience. Um, and you just try to, you, you need to make sure that, at least in my opinion, every one of my guys, when I got them hooked up with Discord and I got them hooked up with um, Fantasy Grounds, I made sure it was an individual experience. I went to them and we chatted on the phone. I went through it over the phone with them, had them downloaded, explained the install. I just didn't throw links up or whatever to a group. I did it individually because they'd never done this kind of thing before. And there were problems, but I think we overcame them a lot quicker because I took the time to do it individually. I had them meet with me separately so that when we had our first session, everybody just kind of showed up like we were showing up at the house. So it was way better experience. You try to get a bunch of people in the room and then tell them to do it. It's a nightmare. Do not do that. Take them all by the hand, one by, at a time. Kind of have your ducks in a row. You know, you need this program. You need this. Go here. Explain why. Let them screw up, you know, and correct them. And just show them that it's not that big a deal. And then once they get it down, that's like my guys. They don't even want to go. I mean, I, I told them, I said, you know, when this is over with, we are going to be playing at the house again. Well, and they're actually like arguing <laughs> with me about it a little bit. I'm like, really? I mean, I like. Downstairs, I like to fix a drink and I like to do drunken dungeons, you know, sometimes, you know, I like to have fun. And and not that I can't in my house anyway, but it's just different having your friends there, you know, Mm -hmm. but uh, it amazed me that they were willing to actually say, they hesitate about going back to playing that they've really gotten to where they love it. They come in the channel. If I've got a game going, they'll come by and visit, you know, they type in there during the week now, like a little community thing, you know, Hey, what were we playing this week? Check out this picture. I found this monster. I liked it, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's really been good for the group as a whole as far as building sort of a, a communal feeling, you know. We were buddies anyway, but now we're buddies online, which is kind of neat, you know. So that's my that's my advice is just be patient and, you know, just explain up front that there's going to be a process and we'll walk you through it. And you just take them separately and it, it works great, in my opinion.
1: It's because, like, in-game in their underwear. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's exactly right one of them made that comment you mean I have to wear pants i was like yes Yep. so what would be your suggestion if somebody wants to start running castle and crusades online where would be the best place for them to go to rally up some players that has to be the first step obviously if they don't have people who are willing to jump online with them from the get-go you know they want to advertise castle keeper looking for group where would they want to go or vice versa, if they want to play, where would they go to look for a castle keeper? You know, I'm glad you asked me that question. So this is it. It's communities,
2: you know. Um, I'm assuming, just like anybody have seen the other game, if you are playing a game or running a game, say, CNC, of course, that you would be involved in either the Facebook community or Discord or forums. That's where you got to go. You got to go where the people are. Um, you know, if you're brand new, starting out, you know, obviously you want a lot of help. Uh, I suggest people to go to our discord. Um, I can give you guys the link later. It's in Facebook group too, but that's a great place to start out because I built that as a community for people to come in and ask questions and it's blossomed. We've got about, we passed, um, you know, I've not done any kind of marketing with it at all. I've just kind of, you know, left it there and we've slowly grown. I think we're, we're somewhere between six and 700 people now there. And it's extremely active. Um, We have lots of, Channels for looking for games and that kind of thing, and it's very active, I have to say. Um, but you know, places like that, you know, just ask people, go to go into Facebook group, join the CNC Facebook group, go to the forums. The forums are not as active as they used to be, they've kind of become almost archival in a way. And I'm not sure what we're going to do about those, but we've still that's why we've got the Discord because the Discord is something that's a live thing, it's not meant for storing information, it's meant for communication. So you can go there and talk to you can walk in there right now and say, Hey, I just want to know about CNC. Can anybody tell me anything about it? And let me tell you what, brother, you will be drugged through the, the ground. I mean, they'll tell me all over you about it. So, such a good group of people in there that just constantly talk about that. And they also talk about things like fitness and recipes. So you've got that as an added advantage. But but anyway, that's my suggestion for someone who's brand new. If you're not brand new, I still suggest that. But here's the trick that I've kept my games going. My Saturday game, like in the morning, it's been going on. It'll be it'll be five years in November and virtually. And my secret to that was I never advertised one time for a player once I got it going. I if you have good players in your group, I guarantee you they know somebody who's a good player. And I've just kind of filled the seats over the years with other people that they knew either through work or friends or online, because if you've got you've got players that and that doesn't mean that everybody that comes along is going to be an ideal player, but. But chances are you're going to get a better pull from that than you would be just putting it out there and saying, hey, I need someone to join my game. Because then you're going to have to kind of have a talk with them and sit down and see what they know. And it saves a lot of that process out of the way. And that's my that's my opinion, of course. But that's how I've always done it. I've just found people that knew people that, that, that gamed and they want to be interested with it. Now, over the time. I have streamed, of course, like I told you, I run streams and people will come in and ask about playing the game, which is fine, and I'll have them join my community and then they would probably learn from there and I would learn about them and that kind of thing. Cause it is a concern. You want to always make sure you've got someone who's not going to wreck your game or that kind of thing. And you if you want someone who's going to be new, you don't want them to be overrun with confusion with people who are playing that are the experts at it. So it's it's a it's a it's a juggling act. You gotta figure out, you know, hey guys, we got somebody new coming in. He's new to this, let's help him out. You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, finding games, running games, it's all about the community. Really, at the end of the day, you can go post all you want to in all these gaming groups and you'll get some some games you'll join in and stuff. But, you know, going back to me, when I first started playing virtually, I went to Fantasy Ground server over there and they don't really have a I'm not I'm not knocking anything, but they just don't really have a really focus on building that kind of thing over there. They they, they build, you know, adventures and stuff. So they have a forums. You can go request. You can do a schedule and schedule the game, but there's no mechanisms in place for that kind of thing. And I got kind of lost with it. But you know what happened? I asked around over there. I met a guy. He introduced me to a group that 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 runs that was running games, fantasy ground games. And I got in with them. And right off the bat, I started running my first CNC game with. Uh, I did the uh, uh, what is that adventure? Uh, the moat. You know, I'm familiar with the one from D and D, the old one, the Moat House. That was my very first virtual cnc game it wasn't even a cnc adventure but i converted it very easily because it's old school stuff you know cnc converts very easily to that so uh yeah and that's how i got started uh through community i found somebody over there that was, took the time to talk to me and they led me to a group and that's what it boils down to you've got to join groups you know um and not just somewhere where to post a link you want something to play you got to get and meet people talk to them
3: village of Hamlet before we get a letter (laughs) yeah that's it my bad no that's fine (laughs) so uh one thing that uh would be different playing online versus playing uh in person, I use miniatures quite a bit. I have a giant miniatures collection. I was a miniature war gamer for years. I never used them in RPGs and until I started playing Castles and Crusades. And I, as soon as I started using them, I was like, "Why well, haven't been doing this forever. Um, but I know that there's uh, a lot of options out there for a similar um, experience in online play using tokens. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you use tokens in your online play and do you have any suggestions on their, on their use? I have thousands of tokens. They're my <laughs> princesses. <laughs> yes, absolutely. In this, fact, this is me and my miniatures. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you we should say that we had a huge meeting today about tokens too, because that's a big deal. If you're playing virtual tabletop, I don't care if it's. Uh, there's a bunch of them out there too. Not just Roll Twenty and Fantasy Grounds, but there's Map Tool, which has been around forever. There's and Forge, which is a mapping program out of Australia that's slowly turning into a VTT. There's Dungeon Fog, which is a uh, Austrian mapping program that we've partnered with that's turning into a VTT. Well, they won't say they're turning into VTT, but you could sure run it one like one. There's uh, Foundry VTT, which is a sort of a, a community effort-driven thing this guy came up with. He has a Patreon. It's massive now, and it's a pretty nice one. Um there's, just, there's Astral. Astral is a web-based one. It's browser-based like uh, Roll20. So there's a lot of a lot of choices out there. And there's more. There's a ton more. But yeah, tokens are a big deal. When you're playing virtually tokens and maps, you know, good battle maps. You know, when you open a book up, it's just like with us. It's what, one of my biggest challenges with this whole thing is I'm having to go back to all these books and redo them. I'll give you a good example. Are you guys familiar with um, uh, uh, Mortality of Green, C1, right? Oh, yeah. In that book. Yeah. It has a, it has a picture that shows like an isometric view of like a village. And then there's a cave and you go through the cave and the other side's a tree. And there's also this back trail that comes through the woods. It's very nice, but you sure can't lay that down flat and put tokens or miniatures on top of it. So it's an image out of that image. We're going to have to create like 10 maps because you've got to have them. You've got to have a battle at the river. you got to have the battle with uh, quagmire. You're got to have a battle with uh uh, the roots guy and just on and on and on. You've got to have these things because when you're using miniatures, whether it be a flat token or in, in real life, as you know, you've got, to have, you've got to have a map that represents that situation. It's not theater of mind anymore. When you start using miniatures, it's no longer theater of the mind. I mean, it can be to a point, but it's nice to have that, you know. Uh, virtually, you definitely have to have it because you've got little tokens you're moving around on a map. If you don't have a map there, they're just moving around. And what's the whole point? You know, uh, there's nothing to see. And that comes into play because then it gives you an opportunity as a GM. In my opinion, And the guys I, that that work for us that do mapping for us, I tell them, I say, you know, when you make a map and you're putting assets in there, you want to put in what the what the what the adventure describes. But but feel free to add something to it. Put a log over here. Put a put a chair over here. Put like maybe a, a canister, anything. And then when the GM is running his game, he may take inspiration just from those simple objects, even though they're not critical to the to the adventure. You know, uh, well, you notice that there's a frog sitting on that log right there because you see it on the map, you know. So it's just added content to it. It helps you to be able to to control the adventure in different ways that you couldn't before. Because in theory of the mind, you're pretty much describing everything, which is great. Don't get me wrong. But when you've got people sitting around a table virtually, they see what's presented. It really helps if you can kind of um, extrapolate from that and add to it from what you can see. You know, there's a, a canister on the desk. You notice it's got some sort of gold filigree on it. Well, you know, that's not something that's drawn in there, but you see my point, it kind of creates more plot devices, I guess you would say, and and more immersion.
1: Um, I'm kind of the opposite of Carl. In my home games, I play more theater of the mind than miniatures. Um, So I think that's one of the the main things that intimidates me about uh, virtual tabletops is how much work do you have to put in uh, beforehand to like set everything up to create the maps and the tokens and... And find your images and things
2: like that. Well, it's like any other prep that we all do. Right. But anyway, yeah. So it's like any prep (laughs) you, uh, you know, it's, it really boils down. Now virtually it boils down to what kind of how you're doing it. If you're just going to do like a hangouts or discord thing, then you're just going to have some pictures for the most part, maybe a map to to drop that they can look at. And there's not going to be any tokens or anything really, but, when you start using VTTs, you're going to have tokens. You're going to have representation for miniatures. And um, I mean, there's even some out there that's working doing 3d tokens. So you can actually have minis, but that's a crazy thing. I'm not sure that'll really work out well, but anyway, I get sidetracked. Um, the thing is about them is you have to look at the program. Some programs will have nothing but bare bones and you'll have to go online. There's some, there's a, there's a great place online that you can go to. It's called token stamp, Uh, 2.0, there's a couple of them, but that's my favorite. And you can literally take a picture, upload it, you click a button, bam, it's a a token. You download it, and then you would drop that into the program. All right? There's no, you don't have to have any any art, you know, talent or anything. The only disclaimer is, you got to make sure you don't use something that's copyrighted. You know, you, you can do it in your own games, of course, but if you're wanting to try and sell it, you got to be careful about that. And there are people out there who make tokens for a living and they get a little antsy when they see their stuff being used and they don't know if that person bought it or not. And that's something you really can't control, in my opinion. I don't know what to say, about it. it's kind of like Pinterest, you know, but non-commercially speaking, there's all kinds of ways to do it. I'll be honest with you, at this point in the stage of the Internet, you could literally to- you know Google up Ogre token and it'll pop up. And if you have a little bit of knowledge to how to make something transparent, you can just do it that way. But token stamps are a really easy way to do it. Now, programs like you know that are more robust, say like uh, Roll Twenty and uh, Fantasy Grounds and stuff, will have tokens that come with the game. Now, in the in the essence of uh, Fantasy Grounds, it has a really interesting uh, way it does things. Let's say you have a monster and you create this monster, and we call it the Carl Monster, okay? But I don't have a token for Carl, right? When I create the monster. Or when I create the encounter, it will generate a letter token for the first letter of the monster's name. So it would be a C token, which is not very decorative, but at least you have something to use on the map, which I thought was kind of neat. But if you buy like a monster book, like I say you buy our monsters and treasures, it comes with tokens for all the monsters in there. Or it should. It's going to actually the new one. We're getting ready to come out with the new version of it. You know, we had that new m It came out last year and we're going to totally redo all the tokens in there. So so you'll have that kind of stuff. And it's as simple as creating an encounter where you just drag and drop monsters into it, like an encounter sheet and you just drop tokens on top of them and you just they're there. And then when you run the encounter, they pop up. You know, it's pretty simple. Uh, It could be, you know, like I said, again, it comes with the program. The more robust the program, the more higher the learning curve, but less you have to do. Now, as far as prepping for all of this. You know, uh, it's just like, I'm honestly, it's just like prepping for a regular tabletop game. I'm telling you. I mean, it's a little different because you, I guess you could say it's a little longer because you're still prepping story and that kind of thing. There is some some physical work you're doing as far as taking time to set up the encounters and play stuff on the map properly and that kind of thing. Make sure you've got good images. So there is a little more work involved there. But yet again, that's also subjective to what you want to provide to your players. Again, it could be like the backseat of a car or it could be a casino. It's just really how much work you want to put into it.
0: Well, you talk about learning curves on the various VTT um, platforms. If someone, you know, again, getting back to someone who's never played on an online platform, to, you know, before, or someone who has never, you know, considered running a game on an online platform, which one? in your opinion, would be the the least amount of learning curve for a newbie who's going to be jumping into this for the first time and they want to run a game for people.
2: Now, Liz, you're going to get me rocks thrown at me. You're putting me in an awkward position here. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Because I'm telling you what, in this current level of our society, you just know how this, this whole opinion thing works. It's pretty rough right now, so um that's a tough question uh you know um there are they're all it, it, you know i could say fantasy grounds is easier than than uh than roll 20 i could say roll 20 is easier it really boils down so subjective to the philosophy of it because um to give you a better understanding using the two big as i call them the roll 20 and uh, and fantasy grounds being the two biggest of the vtt's roll 20 Is as simple as you going in there and you sitting down and learning, uh, you know, what to type in the chat to roll dice. Um, It has a lot more uh, difficulty in work, especially on the GM's end, I guess. Um, uh, To be honest with you, if someone told me they wanted to learn to play on a VTT, I would tell them that it's not about the actual program. It would be about the GM. It really boils down to how much of session zero they want to spend teaching you how to do things. You know, when I ran for real 20 and when I run fantasy grounds now I do session zero and I do session 0.1 because you really need to spend an, an hour or two going over the basic tricks of the VTT, whether it's a button you push, how to type in a macro if you're on real 20 to roll a dice, uh, how to set your dice to look a certain way, where to put, where to find things on a map, how to move things on a map. It's really about learning, you know, how to do it. you just really have to spend the time when my guys real life learned, Literally, and this is what I do for all my groups. When I have a new group that wants to play, I throw up an arena. I put their characters in there, and I let them fight each other. And they learn how to do combat through the Roll20. They learn movement. They learn how to cast spells. It's just a learning experience. That's probably the way to do it. As far as saying it's easiest, it's hard to say because it's very subjective to the user. You know, some people, I'll give you a perfect example. Those guys that play with me, they uh, we took it took us a couple, three sessions to get going, you know. But uh, one of them's son-in-law joined us Wednesday night. He'd never played before in his life. 15 minutes, you know, you're talking about a 22-year-old kid. He was was on it. He was, you know, he had it. So it's very subjective, you know. All right. I'm putting the word out there for the GMs. It's up to you to make sure that it works right, not the players. They're the innocent lambs for the slaughter later.
0: Well, I'm just thinking, say, you know, me as a potential GM, you know, Which platform would be easier for me to learn how to do so that I could give my players a really good, you know, experience?
2: Yeah, well, that's a good question. And that really comes down to background. Um, Roll20 requires a little bit of understanding of how to do macros and that kind of thing and typing. Whereas Fantasy Ground is more of learning what buttons to push. It's a software that you download where Roll20 is a browser based. So it's a little different as far as how the whole structure is built, you know even the programming behind it. Um, but there are ways to learn from that. Um, now I can't speak for roll 20. I'm sure there's lots of good groups out there that are, um, you can find on Facebook and on Twitter to probably join and learn. I will tell you about something and I'm not trying yet again, I'm not trying to take sides here, but on discord, there is a, a community called fancy grounds college. It's been around for about, gosh, four years now. They have thousands of people in that group. And they literally have college classes you sign up for to learn how to run a VTT. They Hmm. teach you everything. It's free. It's completely free. So that's an amazing thing. And I love to prep, love to prop them whenever I can, because it's all free. And, you know, you go through the whole process, man. You learn how to make a character, how to make a module. I mean, how to create an adventure. I mean, everything. And it's very, it's classes. You literally sign up for them, you know, and they have all kinds of.
0: Exactly what I need. (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, it's 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 really good, and I'm not trying. I I wished I knew of something for Roll Twenty like that, but I don't. Roll Twenty is very popular. It's probably it's more popular than 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 Fantasy Grounds because it it reaches a, a broader audience with a browser base. You don't have to have any software, but there again, you know, you have to find people to kind of show you how to play it. Whereas with you know with Fantasy Grounds, they've got this Fantasy Grounds College, and man, I'm telling you, Aaron over there, Laroon, he runs it. Him and his guys, they it's a top notch. It's just
3: really amazing really is they even do streams where they teach people you know on twitch would you suggest playing in a virtual tabletop environment before trying to game master feels like you've already planned these questions out i'm just saying that <laughs> well that one was off the off the top of my head i probably that's a good one man <laughs> there may be a list of questions somewhere but that one was not on the list. <laughs> <laughs> so so one day I'm sitting there having,
2: a, having lunch and this guy comes up and his name's Carl, right? He says, hey, man, I want to get into this whole virtual thing, you know, in a game. I want to start running games and running my own adventures. What do I do? I'm going to tell you, Carl. Go join a game. Absolutely. If you have the opportunity to play first, absolutely do it. Absolutely, don't do it the way I did it. I did it backwards. Oh, I've been dungeon mastering for thirty-five years. I can do it. No, hell no, don't do that. Go play <laughs> with somebody. You know, absolutely, because that's and that's definitely what I tell people to do all the time. It's much easier. Uh, I've got guys that run games. In fact, one of my guys, he's running a game on Mondays now. Wayne in the in the Discord, I joined his game, but it was his first uh, his first time doing virtual because he wanted to play first. He played in a bevy of games to you know, get his feet wet, you know, and then he kind of learned it. And now he's kind of learning the other process because no matter what you're doing, whether you're playing or jamming, you need to learn the basic concepts in a VTT of how a to, you know, operate your character, because it's going to be some sort of a software interface with its browser or, or, or you know, desktop app. You got to learn how to roll dice. You got to learn how to move your tokens. You got to learn how to do all this kind of stuff. It doesn't matter if you're a GM or a player, that's things basic functionality you've got to learn. So yeah, absolutely. Chuck,
1: you've uh, mentioned streams a couple of times now. You want to talk about your stream and if there's other? I think Epi has a stream, also,
2: right? Well, Epi does some CNC. Yes, we have some people that do it. Um, being, uh, you know, part of my job is to start up. We started up a Twitch channel, you know, and you notice we've gotten really active on there, and it's getting ready to get bigger. I just ended. Up, we just had a miniatures painting show this week. It's on Wednesdays. Um, I've got lots of other stuff coming down the pipeline. Um, eventually, Steve's going to be running some games on there. He just doesn't know it. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so I do have, I, when I, a long time ago in another galaxy, I lost my job and became disabled and I wandered desolate, wanting games. And then I discovered virtual. I got to the point where I was running, I was running eight games a week and streaming probably six or seven of them for a while. Wow. And which was crazy. Yeah, I had nothing else to do. So I just threw myself into it. Of course, I don't do that now. I'm too busy. Um, I run right now. Actually, technically, my streams are off because I had to rebuild. I had to build a new computer. So I've I've had a devil of a time having one computer do the streaming and another one run the games. And then the whole challenge is the sound, getting the sound over. It's not the other stuff; it's the sound. It was quite interesting. I finally got it figured out, though, so I'm gonna be returning soon. But, but uh, yeah, there's quite a few people out there. Um, I'm trying to build a stream team for us of people. You know, if we have people that want to stream CNC, I've contacted anybody I could find on. I literally went through YouTube and Twitch over the past three years of history looking for any CNC games and contacting those people because if there's anybody out there that's doing it, I want to give them some free stuff so they'll do it because uh, I have a scene. Uh, the whole reason why well not the whole reason but probably the main focus of why i got back involved with all this and i i have a retired businessman and i've been gaming my whole life and i just wanted to help troller games out because you know in this day and age if nobody's playing your game it dies look at Rollmaster, and i did not want to see that happen to castle crusades and so i was like i pleaded and and, and convinced them to help me move forward into the this techno era and now the virus has come along and now it's pretty much making sure that we do it. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. It's if you're not doing something else for gaming and social distancing, you're just not going to play, you know, sad. So anyway, long story short. um, Yeah. There's a lot of people that run streams um, and I'm trying to build uh, a streaming. I won't say team, but a group of people, what we're going to do in the future is I'm going to try to offer an affiliate where you get sponsored by us. And if you're running games, we'll give you free products and, you know, whatever, um, pictures of Mike or whatever we can give them, you know, to, to make it work. It's, uh, cause I, we want our game. We, it's just another way for people to watch. And I'm telling you, people love to watch these games. If you're entertaining, you know, I try to be entertaining about it. I'm a funny guy. So I try to be entertaining, but people really enjoy it. I've had lots of my real life friends be like, why would somebody watch that? And I'm like, I don't know. Come watch it. And then I catch them, watch it. And then they don't go away. They sit there and watch it. They get into it. You know, if the story's good. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it's like play anything, is you know? pretty
1: popular. Um,
2: it's gotten huge, man. I'm telling you, it really has. It blew my mind. I remember when I first got into it, I've had a Twitch account since 2010. And, uh, wow. I just sit back and watch how popular all of that's gotten with role-playing games and video games and I mean I'm not kidding you me and my wife there's times when we'll sit there and watch people during the day there's a woman we watched a woman last week she was on there doing her her uh, her uh, cooking she was cooking dinner so she just streamed it you know she just streamed herself cooking dinner she had 300 people watching her go figure. You know, yeah. so make her a little bit of cash, you know, to, to buy more food to put on the table or whatever. But I just it's just amazing the different types of content that is out there that people will watch streaming. It's really amazing. It's not it's really cool. Really neat. You know, uh, that show we did the other night with the miniatures. You know, I didn't do any advertisement or anything because we were just kind of doing a, a dry run to get him set up. And I think we had probably 20 people come by 20 or 30, you know, without any kind of advertising. And that's pretty good. You know streaming's good I like it uh, it's not for everybody you, ha- you you can't be shy you know you can't be you've got to be able to take criticism from people and laugh at them which I do quite a bit especially my wife but you know that's it's it can be fun uh, because you can do some neat things some of my games I run interactive games where the actual audience can affect the outplay of the game and that's pretty fun people get into that Uh, you can earn points on Twitch that you just get from being there and I let them spend those points. They're free to like, maybe give out a healing potion or drop a monster on somebody, you know, you name it. So I do some of that interactive. I don't do a ton of it because I'm very, uh, I have my campaigns close to my heart and I don't want to ruin them or whatever, but, but I'll do an interactive game, which is completely different, you know, so it's, I don't feel so bad about ruining a plot line or whatever.
0: I noticed the interactive ones are very popular, especially for fundraising type stuff. Oh,
2: absolutely, Liz. In fact, I was just talking to a guy, one of my old buddies, he does video games, but now he plays RPGs. We talked, um, last weekend and he's come up with an interesting idea. He wants me to help him with, and he wants to take it a step further than that. He wants, um, what he wants to do is he wants people to, uh, not only be able to to interact during the game, like on the outside watching, but he wants to bring, he wants to figure out a way where he can bring the viewers in during the game and let them literally play the characters while they're watching and have huh. like sort of a, a pool. So if you're watching the, 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 the game, he'll just do like a lottery or whatever. And you've won a spot if you want to play right now. So that way they have different people playing the same characters. Very interesting. I, I thought it was interesting because, so instead of having different characters in the game, you have different players with the same characters. So almost a West Marches slash different viewers slash involvement. It's interesting.
0: I'd like to we'll see, see how that turned out.
2: Yeah, that's it's pretty innovative. I thought it was pretty neat. You know, he's been trying to think of a different a way to do something different because when I when interactive games started coming around for TTRPGs on on uh, on like Twitch, you know, everybody started getting in using bots and points and stuff, and it became popular, as you said. But this is a step further, and I thought that was clever. Now I don't know if it'll take off or not. But it, would, it could it could be interesting. I'm sure he's, his plan is to start with his moderators, have four or five moderators that show up for every game. And then slowly as he gets crowd in, he replaces them. You know, um, We have a stream that I'm working on. One of the guys is going to do, we've come up with. It's kind of neat too. What we're going to do is we're going to run a stream where he will build a, a, an adventure, a one-shot. It could be uh, over land. It could be underground, whatever. He lets the viewers create the traps and the monsters, decide what they want to put in there once it's all built then he'll run the game and they can either choose to play in the game or they can sit back watch the game being played and be like hi, that was my trap it killed you" or whatever you know <laughs> that's an interesting thing we've been playing with too that way you can get some interaction from the viewers and actually have a something they can play or watch you know that they made they have a little ownership in it you know
1: i think we went through our whole list of prepared questions
2: really surely <laughs> yeah, they're not I've, I've
0: I've got one more question of my oh, own. If no. we've got time for it, Dun, dun,
3: dun. Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Aha! Yeah, right. Well, in the beginning of the interview, Chuck, you talked about how you know, Troll Lord. You you know, you're all working with Fantasy Grounds to you know update the content that they're going to have. You know, get mm-hmm. new content. Uh, there's going to be a a big overhaul of stuff for Fantasy Grounds. I was wanting to know when you said that, are there plans, you know, either already or in the future for other Siege Engine games to also be supported <laughs> on fantasy Here Town? it comes. That's I right. Know, I, mean, I know not, your
3: angle there, Miss Stewart. Not
0: not just Victorious, but, you know, there's a lot of people but who play mostly. Amazing Adventures. Yeah, yeah <laughs> mostly. 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 Yeah.
3: Surfers, you know, uh, into master yeah.
0: There's um, a lot of people who play Amazing Adventures. You know, Star Siege is going to be coming out. Yeah. Um, you know, I think there'd be, it would be really awesome, you know, if any of those Siege Engine games would also yeah. be available on Fantasy Grounds. And I just wondered if that was something that the trolls have been thinking about.
2: All right, so you want the skinny, huh? Okay. I want
0: the skinny. Tell me everything.
2: When I talked to Tim and Steve a year and a half ago about this, at maybe two years two years ago at GaryCon, three, I guess it would be three years. Uh, that was what I told them. I, I want every Troll Lord game product line on there on VTT, period. That was my goal. So, in regards to fantasy grounds. We're rebuilding everything. We're going to build a brand new rule set that's going to be a Siege Engine rule set that will not be for sale. It's just a Siege Engine bare bones. And then we're going to build on top of it each one of our product lines is what my goal is. That's the plan. We just got to make sure they all fit snugly in Siege Engine and it fits really well. Because I would love to see people buying harvesters and playing with their kids online. Well, when, I, awesome. when, we, when we did Virtual GaryCon, I had several people who brought their kids into playing games in the Discord. And I gave them all free, uh, free you know copies of Harvesters because they'd never heard of it. it. Just came out, and they absolutely loved it. They've been playing with their kids at home, and I thought, man, we got to get that on BTT because especially now with nobody going to school or anything, you know, if you're going to be forced to pay attention to your children, you might as well you know play some games with them, you know. So. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely the plan is that that's my plan anyways, is we want to have it built and then we're going to build on top of it. Because that way, if we do an update to the siege engine, if there's some sort of a or whatever, it'll just flow up the chain, so to speak. Uh, you know, and it, it'll be challenging, but but I think it's going to happen. It, I'm about 99 percent sure it's going to happen. Actually, I uh, had another talk the other day with a fellow about doing some code work for us. And I think it's going to work out. We went through some different things. It's going to be challenging, you know. Because they're different games, they're they're all siege engine based, but there is still some stuff. You've got superheroes, with Victorious, and powers. You've got, you know, all the weird stuff with uh, Amazing, and then Star Siege. You are talking about sci fi. Holy smokes, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be fun. I think. I think. I've, I've. It's a little joke around here with us at the company. I call this year of the troll. You know, I think by the end of this year, we're going to have a completely different presence in the world as far as how our product lines are presented and and what's offered for people to to play them. I think that's the that's the plan.
0: That sounds exciting.
2: I am very excited. I won't lie to you. In fact, the guy I talked to yesterday said that, what was the term he used? He said that I was, my excitement was infectious. I've never had anybody tell me that before, but I mean, I, I'm very excited, man. I, I love our games. You know, I love, I love playing the beast and victorious. I love playing, uh, you know, the warrior priest and CNC. I like playing the detective and amazing adventures and I like running games, you know, and I want to be able to do that for other people. You know or we do, I shouldn't say just me, obviously. Tim and just Steve me. and David <laughs> still the same. Yeah. No, they're very excited. They've. I'm telling you, since the virus came out, they have really realized now, and they have caught the bug. I mean, me and Steve had a talk today, or last night, actually, about me showing him about Fantasy Grounds. He wants to get some buddies and learn how to play it, because he needs to, you know? he's Yeah. He, uh, it's, just, it's just easier to do online that way. I mean, you can do, like I said, theater of the mind. But when we first started with him doing games online, he was, I was like, how do you want to do this? You want to do Skype or what? No, I don't want to do any of that. But now he's like dying to use cameras and he's, he's starting to get the bug now too. So, you know. And Discord has an interesting feature that I didn't know about till a few weeks ago. But when you're, ser- our, our server, like I said, I've not really promoted it, but you can boost a server. It's like $4.99 a month or something. And we really don't ask people to spend their money like that, you know, but people do. And we've had a few people boost it and it finally got to level two. And so we were doing a, we were getting set up for Steve's game with Kobocon virtual kobocon And he was like, what's this down here? And I said, I've never noticed that before. I didn't realize because the server had just gotten boosted the day before. And then all of a sudden we clicked on it and bam, there was an interface in there that let, let you see everybody in the room with cameras. And it was set up so nice. And I thought, Oh, so I'm pretty excited about that. I really want to try and see how that works. Um, uh, going down the path i think tomorrow i'm gonna probably try to run my game with some cameras up there and see how it works and then eventually if that works i'll figure out how to get it on the stream so that'll be nice so the whole virtual thing's been a big deal you know when i first started working for them uh, i had to do a lot of convincing and and they saw what i was saying and everything but man when the virus came out everybody just started gaming online it's been nuts absolutely remote games everywhere just all the time we get them all the time in our in our Discord and the other Discords I'm in. Mean, I see people setting up games all the time. You know, this Con of Champions is coming up. I'm real excited about it. We're sponsoring it and it's got, he, you know, the guy that runs the tabletop event service for cons online, you know, when you register to go to games, this about put him under. You know, um, JT Smith, he about lost his company because he had to cancel all of those cons and he's got like 7,000 servers online to run all that. And if he's got no money, you know, so they, they're doing this con of champions to so trying to raise money for it. I think his goal for the rest of the year was 59,000 and they're almost at 50 now. And they have the cons that haven't happened yet. So I was, and that's all these people signed up to play games. I mean, where did all these people come from? They wouldn't hear, you know, it's amazing all these people are just showing up and playing. It's pretty cool.
0: it's amazing what you can get comfortable with when you have to, I, I've, I've got to admit for myself as a, As kind of a Luddite, and that's ironic because I work as part of a web team, but (laughs) it's like I've never really enjoyed doing online, you know, playing or stuff like that. And um, yeah, since we can't do face to face anymore, and we're doing our online games with our local group, and It used to be hard for me to really get into an online game. You know, my attention Mm -hmm. would wander, you know, it's like I think of something I needed to do elsewhere in the house or whatever. But Mm -hmm. now that this is my only outlet, I'm much more focused on it. And it doesn't (laughs) seem to be as much of a burden to do it this way as it used to when I could do face to face. You know, now this is it.
2: Right. You know, Liz, that's funny you said that. My guys, uh, I've been struggling for two years now with them, my, my home group, to not use the phones at the blessed table, right? And mm-hmm. they are so focused now. Like the other night, you know, I'm not having them disappear on me or whatever. They'll go to the bathroom or whatever and go fk, but they come right back. They're chatting in the chat. They're dropping pictures of cool stuff. They're very much more in, uh, engaged. I just, I've noticed that. It's you're absolutely right because I guess. I guess since we can't go out, we have to make this work, you know? Mm-hmm. It's interesting. That's an interesting thing you brought up there. Yeah, because I've noticed it, and it's pretty neat. I, I wonder when this is all going to end. I don't really know. I mean, you know, I live in on the border of Tennessee and Virginia, and Virginia is still, you know, locked down. But Tennessee's open. Texas opened up. Uh, uh, Florida opened up. But then you got California. They're going to go another three months. You've got the U.K. closing down, France closing down, Germany closing down. So I don't really know where this is going to go. But I am so thankful that we have things out there to allow us to play online. I can't imagine what I would do if I I would just be – it would really bother me (laughs) if I couldn't game online, you know, Uh, because it's such a – it's just I think people who game like us, it's important to us to game. We, We enjoy it. We like it. And it's important to us to have that option, you know, in our daily lives.
1: Absolutely, we are living in strange times right now. It's it's uh, six months ago. You wouldn't think it would
2: it would be like this. No, and I I want to invite anybody that's listening to the podcast. If you love castles of crusades, or gaming in general, I'll I'll give you guys the link. Please come by our Discord. Meet the, meet everybody. There is all kinds of discussions going on there. I have rooms for anything you can imagine. I have a victorious room. I have an amazing adventures room. I have a CNC room. I've got. Rooms, it's just about painting miniatures. Rooms about your dog and and your dice. It's whatever. We've really tried to make it a a very nice place for people to talk about what they want in their certain areas so it's not all jumbled up. You know, we do have a general chat that goes through God only knows. Every hour of the day, you'll check in there. It'll be a different subject, you know, but. But we do have, you know, customized rooms for different types of topics and stuff. And then we have private rooms and we have public rooms, too, for gaming. If you just want to run a game, we've got public chat rooms and public text rooms. It's free. You know, come on in. We even have a Crusader podcast room there, too. I do have a Crusader podcast room. I forgot about that. You're right. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. and. Honestly, guys, we can't thank you guys enough for doing this. It's it's great. I love your guys' podcast. I listen to every one of them. Everybody does, and you guys see people asking in the channel about it all the time. I'm sure they ask in Twitch too, you know, because I spam that link all the time with my bots. But uh, people love it. They do listen to them, and uh, I think now with this social distancing, that might be even more more so. I don't know.
1: Good. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing all this information with us. The like that guy oh. said, your enthusiasm, uh, you can tell us huh. there. Uh, you're you're really moving yeah we don't want to use long. the word
0: we do not want to use the word infectious yeah not a in good, this not. time <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what he said though I was kinda of like uh you know <laughs> too soon but I will tell you one thing though also it's coming along I forgot to mention this and I'm not trying to, to pimp anything but uh prop anything or whatever but but we're very close to having our beta test for organized play and I'm so excited about that. I'm so excited about that <laughs> because we've got it designed for um You know, playing at local hobby shops, which you can't, of course, and playing at cons, which you can't, of course, right now. But you will be able to. And then, of course, you know, playing online virtually, you know, Uh, and it's going to be so simple. You just register. You get a you get a a account. And then every time you play, you automatically get credit. You know, it's really it's really a neat design we've come up with. And it's going to be for free. There's not going to be no cost involved. People win. points and they can use those to buy stuff off the store. They can get swag. We're going to have a swag store this fall coming opening with t-shirts and stuff. I'm so excited about all that kind of stuff. So I'm really excited about the organized play because I think that's going to be the key to games like victorious and amazing adventures and CNC and harvesters being played all the time because they'll be able to play online now, you know, and even if, if, no matter what the, the platform is, whether it be in the back of the car, like we talked about earlier or something that's like a casino the point is you'll have a group of people that you can go and find, uh, you know, find people to play with. And that was something I you asked about earlier. I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, that'll be a that'll be a super way to find people to play with. OK,
1: so I think I think we close that out. I close that out right before that. Yeah.
0: Um, maybe does that count
1: as a close out. I don't know. It was like a close. It was a, it was a close out with a footnote. You might do another closeout because it's better to have too many than not enough. Because Carl, No, this is the
3: closeout now. Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure what a closeout is. You'll have to learn. Teach me your terminology. No hablo. <laughs> Closeouts where like, I have to
1: say, like, oh, thanks for coming on, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, yeah. But I think we did it. I think we did it. You know, Carl, you're right. That's a closeout. We've officially closed out.
3: Word. All right. Thanks, everybody, for closing out. Thank you, Chuck. Bye, everybody. Yeah, I, no problem. Thanks. Mike, it's not closed out yet. I'm so confused. What? Hold me.
0: <laughs> it's a soft closeout.
2: Ah.
3: I see. A soft closeout. Yes. <laughs> I assume <laughs> Mike knows what we're missing. I guess he doesn't. No. You haven't said bye yet. Oh. Bah. that's still not what I want I don't even want bye I, I, I can the show end without Mike can a, a podcast with Mike on it end without him saying Briark at the end is that legal
1: uh,
3: are we going to get no sign we well,
1: well Jesse never made the asked us to say goodbye so <laughs> I
3: well everyone else said goodbye I think
0: I didn't say goodbye yeah, uh, no like
1: no you either. don't
3: have to say, don't let him, <laughs> say goodbye <either. laughs> don't yeah. let him peer pressure Teddy. you either. I think Jesse and Carl's the only ones that actually said goodbye, yeah. honestly. <laughs> i just worried we're going to get a fine from the FCC.
0: Yeah. All right, all right. Mike
3: doesn't say pre <laughs>
1: Go ahead, Liz.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> goodbye, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show. And write us letters and tell us all about what you thought.
1: And where would they write us at?
0: I don't know what the email address is. I don't know what the email address is. Nobody told me there was going to be a quiz. I wasn't
1: asking you. I was hoping Chessie or or Carl would jump in with the address of the email. But never mind. (laughs) Briark.
2: All right, Mercy. Okay.
3: Some games may change, but the castle's crusade siege engine remains the same.
0: a lot of your examples involve somebody named Carl or a monster called Carl or it I, just seems very <laughs> coincidental to me we
3: are legion is known throughout the ages as Carl the beast from the beyond I'm gonna isolate that audio and make it my wife's ringtone when I call her <laughs> <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs>
2: she'll be like wow <laughs>